Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. My name is Mike, and this week I'm joined by James Huller, co-race director of Swami Shuffle 200 and general badass and everything. And so this week we're gonna we're gonna do something a little bit different. James is gonna interview me, so I have no idea what's coming. It's all on you, James. Let's go for a run. Dude, let's run, man. I mean, that's that's the only way this works is if we're running. So I'm excited for it. Um, but you put some pressure on me saying it's all on me. It's it all is. on you, man. You're you're responsible for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so no, man, I, I love this format. I mean, so many times, like you you give a hell of a podcast and you ask amazing questions. You're talking to some amazing folks that are running, but as we discussed earlier, man, it's like you. You have a lot to bring to the table, and you leave that behind when you're just talking to other folks, man. So I think this is going to be exciting tonight. Yeah, it should uh, be fun. I've never been interviewed, so this will be interesting. Never, ever. Never. Never. Wow. And and I'm the opposite side. I've been interviewed a couple of times, and, and I don't bring a lot, but uh, I've never interviewed someone. So I'm kind of excited about it, man. So what brought you to ultra running, man? What made you turn the table? What excites you about the ultra world by staying a little bit shorter distance? It's easier and, and less training velocity. Yeah, you know, I think what really brought me to the ultra running community was just deciding to run 50 miles on my 50th birthday. I had no idea there was such a thing as as an ultra running community until the owner of the sports shop where I lived in Sheridan, Wyoming, introduced me to this thing. She said, you do realize there are races that run that long. And I was like, no way, serious? Because I'd been running marathons and everything, but I really, I didn't groove with marathons because I was like, I don't want to run with 30,000 people. And I just, when I get out, I like, you know, running with a couple people. Cause one thing most people don't realize is I'm hard of hearing. So when we're running in massive amounts of people and all the noise and everything, I don't know where the sound is actually coming from. And so it bugs me a little. And so I can't just concentrate on my running and the ultra running scene, man, you can get out there on a trail and you're one-on-one, one-on-two with people. And it's a lot easier for me to hear and understand. And I just, I love the distance. I am not a fast runner. So I love just seeing how far I can push my body to run. That's awesome, man. You pushed the hell out of yourself at the uh, premier. That just, that's yeah. that amazing. You know, the Swamis was amazing. That was probably one of I- my top life experiences so it, it was I, I had a blast why why would you say it's a top life experience like you've done some amazing races i like, have I, I have actually been really really blessed because i have been blessed to do some really cool awesome races and swamis was different because i had never had one where the decisions were all on me where do you stop and eat when do you refill your waters where do you take a break and catch a nap Every single decision is on me, you know, and and a lot of your hundreds and stuff, you've got a crew with you. And so, you know, like my crew from Blackbeards, if they hear this, they'll, they'll totally get this because when I had my crew at Blackbeards and my pacers, we would get into a stop and my brain, I would just shut it off. So they're like, okay, you're totally with it when we're out running. But as soon as we get near where we're going to stop and refill and everything, you're like an imbecile. And I'm like, you're right. I check out. And um, in Swami's, I couldn't do that. There was no checking out. You had to be aware of everything and make those decisions. And you know what? I actually really, really loved that. It was a different kind of challenge and I had a blast with it. That's awesome, man. I love that. But so you're coming back again next year. Yep. 
And Absolutely. it made it very clear that you learned some lessons from the previous race. So what are two or three things that you're going to do different? Yeah. So the, the top thing I'm going to do different is I'm not going to get any hotels unless there's just really, really <laughs> adverse weather and I need to get out of the weather. <laughs> okay. So I am, I am going to do the Amy Adams and rate the post office um, <laughs> along the route. I'm going to do John Price and sleep in the cemetery. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch a cat nap on the side of the road underneath a tree. Basically, I'm gonna rough it and no hotels unless it's just really really horrible adverse weather and I need to get out of the weather. Isn't that part of the fun of it though? That horrible adverse weather and just well, I I, I didn't say I was gonna stop as soon as it hit. I just said no. You know, no. I, I said if there's thunder and lightning or something like that, maybe I'll get off the road. But I you know I I'm not gonna try and get hotels this time. So that's the biggest thing. Okay, sweet. So so you're going to set a course record then. Oh, I don't know, man. Aaron raised that bar really really high, man. And and uh and Kelly's coming back this year. Yeah, and I saw that Kelly is coming back. I was like, "Oh, great." <laughs> I will introduce myself to Kelly at the start. I'll see her on the way back. So, <laughs> she is she's right, amazing. Did- I've never met her, so I'm really 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 oh, looking you- forward to meeting her. I've never met her in person the most amazing lady runner she is she's she's awesome dude yeah uh she's such a great i mean i, I don't want to take anything away from any of the other folks that run i mean she's amazing she's yeah. amazing but well i thought she was supposed to be a cape fear 24 last year and i was like oh man i'm totally gonna meet her and then i found out she didn't she didn't make it and so i was like dang it <laughs> she might be this year and i and probably tideland as well okay or being at both of those and if she doesn't she doesn't but yeah but she's signed up for next year and she says she's going to do it right this year and leave joe at home so she can do it right so we'll see what that means but i i guess that means she's going to do it in like 48 hours dude she's gonna crush it she's awesome yeah, yeah i could see i could see somebody coming out and doing that in 48 hours you know hoofing it down to the lighthouse in 24 or less because, I mean, it, it, it's really hard because that sand, I think that'll fool some people who think, oh, it's just 200 miles, you know, on pavement. Oh, no, that's sand. That's that's <laughs> that'll, that'll yeah, test you. That'll test your metal. So so a dude is, who has run out west, you've run in the mountains. You've come out east and you've run flat. And I'm a dude that I grew up in the hills of Pennsylvania. I ran back there. I've run the, you know, flats out here. And a lot of folks talk about, you know, running the hills is so much harder than running flats. No. But no. when I run flat, like do that same damn muscle thing. So you, you've done both. What are your thoughts on the comparison between hills, mountains, and just solid 200 miles flat? The mountains, they are tougher when you're going up if you don't have good climbing legs. But the great thing about the mountains is you're going up, you're going down, you're making twists on you know trails and stuff and so you're constantly using different muscles in your legs the flats will absolutely eat you alive because you're using the same muscle group over and over and over for hours on end and and that's what gets you with the flats so if you had to pick between running swami again or hitting one of candace burke's mountain ones which do you think is easier? That, I guess that's our first statement. But yeah, I I don't think it's easier. I don't think it's it's so much which is easier, because Candace 
Candace does not have easy routes. You know, I talked to Bob, um, I'm butchering his last name, yeah. Marisi. Yeah. And Marisi. I talked to him and he's done some of the Candace's runs. And so I got a chance to talk with him during Swami. And the thing about Candace's routes is they're not easy. Candace does not put on an easy run. But you got to understand for me, so I'm I'm a cheap dude. So <laughs> I have the standard for my runs. If it costs me more than $3 a mile to enter, I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, I, yeah. I, I guess I look at some of the um, – I don't want to throw the guy's name out there, but some of the local East Coast long runs. Yeah. And I think the prices are too high for me to want to do. Yeah. I study the whole – I study ultra running a lot. So I, I actually – I have spreadsheets of races, what they cost. Cause I started racing ultra races in 2014. My first ultra race was a 50 K in Montana in 2014. And in 2014, that race cost $65. So we're nine years on. If I was going to go run that same race today, it'd be $185. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So my, my first ultra was 2009. Uh, put on in South Carolina by lady, by lady uh, Tara Hay- uh, Terry Hayes, and it was pay as you want. Yes, I and actually the, for- the I think the direction ultra running is going to go is I hate to say this, but I think that it's going to become where the people that got deep pockets are going to run the big races, and you know people like me and some of these other are going to go back to kind of the roots of ultra running. Where it's like, hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna run from Sandbridge down to Cape Hatteras and back. You want to join us? Yeah, and and I I actually think we're gonna go back to kind of the roots of ultra running, where you know it not all the you know huge aid stations. One of the reasons I really like Swami is it's like okay, this is this is the roots of what ultra running was when it when it first started with you know some of the some of the legends that you know we get to run with down at cape fear you know ray krolowicz and stuff and you talk to ray krolowicz and tommy green and stuff and you talk to them and they're like yeah we didn't have all these aid stations we just basically said okay we're meeting at such and such time here we're going to run from here to here and then we're going to loop it around back here and we're going to stop and refill waters here and when you look at Swami, one of the things I love about Swami is it's very much kind of a throwback to the roots of ultra running and that it isn't about the fancy. It's about how much can you challenge your body and how, how can you challenge your body to go far and to do it more efficiently and in less time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that hits it right on the head, man. That's not a popular opinion though. So, I mean, most people say you're full of it, Mike. And maybe I am, but we'll yeah, watch and see not, how this work plays but, out. Hey, at the end of the day, why do we care? Just yep. you do you. Yeah, that's you. kind of my thing. I, I had somebody come up to me the other day, and, and this is kind of funny because he said, you know, I'm really frustrated with my running right now because I'm looking at everybody else's times in Strava, and I'm just struggling to get into that type of thing. And I said, well, what are you comfortable running? And he said the time, and I was like, so you're comfortable running that? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, I feel like I got to get it down into this pace and everything. And I was like, but are you comfortable running that pace? And he said, no. And I said, dude, you do you. I said, do not worry about what everybody else is doing. You do you. Because at the end of the day, it's about, are you doing what you 
want to do and need to yep. do for your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health. Is that what you're doing? Because if you're out there competing against other runners, dude, you're constantly going to be frustrated and you're constantly going to be trying to measure up. Absolutely. Never compete against them. Yeah. Compete against, you were your only, only competition, man. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Um, I, I get wrapped up. I get wrapped up in that sometimes too, where I want to think about other people and my speed, and I'm like, "Dude, back off, relax yep. a little bit." And 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 I'll tell you, you come from kind of the same place I am, and that Miss Miss Jenny, your girlfriend for life, doesn't run. Yes, my wife doesn't run, but yet she's my crew chief when I do runs. Yep, and so, and my forever girlfriend is my crew chief, but we do not allow her to be a crew chief past like four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. When it gets dark, forget about it, man. Okay. Well, what I was going to ask you for her. So I did cremator down in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, 50 miles, stupid heat, uh, middle of the summer. And my wife was my crew chief. And I got to a point where I was, she says, I thought I was throwing up, but I was throwing up. And she kicked me in the balls and told me to keep going. So my question for you is like, as Jenny crew chiefs you, what's like the biggest thing she's done to make you man up? You know, I don't know that she's ever done, you know, like a kick in the ass type of thing. Jenny is a feeler. So one of the things with her is if she feels me struggling and stuff, She's more likely to go, okay, you're good. You've done more than most people your age would do. Yeah, go, go ahead and call it a day. And so she leans more that way. Well, it's tough for that non-running spouse to support you. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's very tough on them. And that's one of the things I don't think enough runners acknowledge is, is how hard it is on that non-running spouse. I mean, it yeah. is, man, they go through hell. I think we don't give enough credit to the other side. Like the running part. It's probably, quote unquote, easy, but our crew is watching us the entire time and they're getting no more sleep than we are trying to take care of us, man. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's why I always try to uh, crew at least, you know, once or twice a year for, for a runner. I love crewing somebody on their first 100 because I don't ever let them stop. What do you look at nutrition wise? Yeah, so my nutrition differs during the season. So when we start getting into the heat and humidity, I actually scale my nutrition back to about 200 to 250 calories per hour. And because I need to, I need to be drinking more in the cool races, which, uh, you know, since we've moved out here, I actually, my last race is this one coming up and then I'm not racing again until September because I have found that I just really stink at managing my body and the heat and humidity, but I'm really good when it gets cold. And so in the cold, I do 300 to 350. My nutrition go-to is scratch super fuel. Nope. It's, it's been the best thing I have found because it just doesn't have a gut bomb. It has way less of the fake sugar stuff in it. So yeah, scratch is my go-to. I have a baggie full of pistachios all the time because I'm just sort of nibbling. I start a race and I'm nibbling on pistachios. And I've also found squeeze peanut butter is really, really good. Just to squeeze peanut butter about every hour or so. Just magical. And um, yeah, 
So I eat real food. I tried gels and man, <laughs> had a bad effect on my body. Yeah, so I did uh, I did gels early when I started. And then as I got into longer and dumber distances or stupid distances, I would call them, some things come to li- line for me. So like the meat cheese sticks, like the, uh, the Jack's Links yep. at the gas stations have worked well, bacon, beets, olives, you know, something like that. Like they all, do those work well for you or? Well, I hate the taste of olives, so they don't. So like I, I got offered during Swami, somebody offered me some guacamole and I was like, it's green. <laughs> One of the things most people don't realize about me is, so I have a aversion to anything that goes crunch mush. Like if it's just crunch, great. If it's mush, I'm okay with it. But anything that I put in my mouth and it goes crunch mush. So I can't do peas. I struggle with grapes and it's something about green. I don't do well with green. So guacamole is more of a green thing. I, I like look at it and go, yeah. But I know it's awesome, and and I know a lot of people that will just dive on the guacamole. I think it was Amy who was like eating guacamole like crazy. But some people groove on it. My taste buds don't do it when I'm not running, so I'm not going to try it when I'm running. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm I'm not. I mean, there's some things that work, some things that don't. But yeah, yeah. Once again, nutrition is a you do you, and the only way you can find out is to go run long. Go yeah. do it. Yeah. Try it. I've done 50 mile runs just to test out stuff on my body and been on side of a trail, throwing up profusely going, okay, that didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, you got to go out, you got to try stuff until you find the thing that works. And when you find the thing that works, you use that as long as it works and something's going to change within the chemistry of your body. And you're going to have to find the next thing. That's part of the joy of ultra running is you're constantly studying. I love that statement because that's what I tell my clients at the gym all the time is like, you know, what works today may not work tomorrow. You know, you yeah. got to always be looking at it. Always be looking at it. Always be changing. Well, you got to be a student. I love ultra running, but I approach it. I study it. I I read obsessively and and then going out and trying it and realizing that I do not have a speed button. So I, I laid down an 840 mile the other day and I was like, oh my God, where did that come from? So, yeah, that was speed for me. So yeah. was you, what are some resources that you use? Like, where do you go to read? So Berkeley Wellbeing is one of my go-to sources and right. it's not a running resource at all, but it's very, it, they have all types of different things on health and everything. I can't remember the peak Peaks Training, I think is the name of it. It's a website. I can't remember the name. I, I, it's like saved on my website because I go there so often. But they have a lot of great articles on ultra running. And they're, they're shorter reads, so you don't have to... They, they don't go pages and pages and pages. I'll Google something I'm interested in and just go... I, I'll end up in weird spots, man, going, well, that was an interesting article. So, you know, I read a lot. I I go down that rabbit hole sometimes like, how the hell do I get here? Like, yeah, this is a weird place, but I mean, it's good information. Yep. Yeah. What I mean, about cross training? I mean, I, I, you run a ton. Yeah. But what yeah. do you do? Do you do so I do training? I do strength training. So I do all body weight training, a little bit of bands and stuff. I've taught myself yoga moves that make my body feel good. I laugh at myself because I am not flexible at all, but I, I know the yoga moves that, that I, I do that keep me at least a little bit limber. 
Um, I really like the movement of rowing and I think it's a, a good tool for cardio, especially, you know, as I'm trying to develop a little more speed endurance for Cape Fear because Cape Fear, I'm, I'm going after 124 hours because I've never been able to slay that beast. And so, yeah, yeah that's, that's my 24 hour where everything is going to be focused on, you know, doing a hundred plus there. Um, so I'm, I'm going down to, to finally slay that beast. And, you know, it's funny cause I, I say that to people who are a little bit speedier and they're like, it's 14 minute miles, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you ever seen me run 14 minute miles 14, for 24 hours? <laughs> 14 for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. so yeah, I, depending on, so I, I work with a buddy of mine. He does a, uh, a kayak deal. Oh, that's it, right. You were telling me about that. It, Have you guys done that yet this year? We did not because of just logistics and training. So I talked to him the other day and we are either going to do that, which will be run uh, Cape Fear and then we're going to kayak from Cape Fear to Wilmington. Oh, cool. Miles, It's crazy miles. But if we don't, if that doesn't go, then my goal is 100 at Cape Fear this year. Okay. That so is I'm awesome. I'm trying to do whichever side goes, but I'm like, man, 1423 mile forever is tough, man. Yeah, but- no kidding. It is. It's, it's tough. That's why I tell people it's not as easy as you think. You know, I mean, no. it, it seems easy. So we talked about cross training, kind of strict training. What about your diet, your nutrition? Yeah. So I, I changed my nutrition up, uh, three years ago. I used to be the eat whatever the hell I wanted. And, uh, you know, I popped back over 200 pounds again and I was like, okay, that's not working. So I, um, I very much stick to a diet that is, um, about, I do probably without, you know, adding in the calories that I add from, you know, exercise and stuff. I allow myself about 2,500 calories a day. Um, and it's all lean stuff. So the only meat I eat now is chicken or fish. Um, I'm really trying to stay away from red meats and there's a couple different reasons for that. But one of them is that it sort of seems to hang right in the wrong places on me and not, um, digest as quickly. I do a lot of greens. So I eat a lot of salads and, um, I, I love the, I love peppers and stuff like that. And so, I munch on celery, you know, during the day. Um, so everything I do is, is that I allow myself to have, you know, a handful of chips every night. And then the only, the other thing I, I, you know, am a recovered alcoholic, but I have a glass of wine every now and then. Um, but I, I allow myself a glass of wine or a beer, you know, like I'll have a beer after a hard race, like after Swami, I really enjoyed my beer. It tasted really nice. Um, so, but I, I very much watch what I eat cause I, I am getting up there. I'll be 59 in July. And so, yeah, I, I, I have a very pretty strict diet that I stick to. You way better than me, man. Cause I suck at my diet. Well, I, I have to, because when I started running, I was 260 pounds and I, I can see where even with the running, like, yeah, I was still, I was running long and, and by the end of 2020, I was over 200 pounds again. 
And I was like, what the heck, man? Cause I had just done like 3,400 miles in the year. And I'm going, how do you, I ran 3,400 miles in a year, you know, finished my first, you know, hundred miler and sitting there going, how do I get, how'd I gain this much weight? And you know, it's cause I had horrible eating habits. And so I've very disciplined with my eating now. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I got to eat more discipline myself. I'm, I'm decent, but I got to eat better. Yep. I think we all can. And we just got to, you just got to get to that point where you decide to, I, I think, I think everybody could look at themselves and go, you know, I could be more disciplined in this area. And until you reach that point where you go, now I'm going to do it. You're, you're just kind of playing around with it. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. What do you think about, how do you fit your training in? Like, I mean, you're a busy dude. You're writing. You got, you know, the life, everything going on. Yeah. Um. So I get up early every morning, and so, so and early. Well, yeah. So early for me is around five. So I'm up by five every morning. Some mornings I allow myself to get a like race weeks. I always allow myself to sleep until about six. That's late sleeping for me. And so most mornings I'm out for a run. I would say at least three or four mornings a week, I'm out for a run. And then I'm blessed in my career in that I can take running clothes with me while I'm out making sales calls. And I see a cool, like, you know, I saw a cool trail today. In fact, one of my, one of my clients told me about this trail and he's like, yeah, to go try this out someday. Well, I knew I wasn't too far away from it and I knew there was a place to change there. And so I went and changed clothes and went for a five mile run and came back and did a cowboy shower in the sink and threw my work clothes back on and made more sales calls. So, you know, I'm very blessed that I have the flexibility to do that. And then uh, most evenings though, I, I try, I, I used to go to a run club, you know, every Wednesday night, but I found that it wasn't giving my wife enough time because I was taking, you know, that, that Wednesday night instead of giving her time. So Wednesday, Wednesday nights, I, I kind of cut off the run club unless it's right by the house and, you know, I can, I can run out to it. So, um, evening times I, I like to spend with my wife or out, you know, we, we, you know, serve, you know, other people, um, doing odd things and stuff. And so we, we like to be able to have the evenings to not be running. And then my wife knows that on Saturday, I'm going to be out for a, a minimum of two hours and could be eight, could be 10. Especially if I, you know, find a place where it's like, ooh, this is fun. And I, I, you know, I may not look at my watch for 10 hours and go all of a sudden go, huh, I'm sort of hungry. Maybe I should head home now. Oh, so, oops. Oh, yeah. oops. Yeah. So how about, how about a setback? Um, for a while, I mean, you've got over 10,000 miles running, which is fucking amazing. What is a challenging setback that you've hit that you've had to recover from? And how, and how did you do it? So I used to have ankle and feet problems all the time. I have studied how to get my body to move in a way that doesn't cause injury for me. And I tell people, look, what works for me may not necessarily work for you. I'm not a run coach. I'm not an exercise coach. I'm none of that. But I have run injury free for five years. And in the last five years, I've got over 15,000 miles on these legs. So and that's a great point. Like tell my clients at the, at the gym, like what works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for you. But as you run down this journey, you can figure it out. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. You have to realize, look, it's a journey. It's not a destination. 
You know, no. a lot of people think, ooh, you, like I had somebody say, well, you ran a 200. Are you done now? And I was like, dude, that's just part of the journey. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, you know, finishing a 200-mile race wasn't the destination. I said, that was just part of the journey. I said, you got to understand, I can't wait until they open the race back up again because I learned so much in that one that I want to apply to the next one. And I said, I don't know that I'm going to run it any faster the next time, but I believe that I, I have figured out some efficiencies that will make it a better experience. And so, you know, that's how, that's the way I treat everything, you know, run a hundred miles. Like I ran a hundred miles on a treadmill. I hate treadmills, but I ran a hundred miles on a treadmill. I don't have to now. I hate them too. Yeah. I, well, my biggest frustration with a treadmill is that you run your little legs off and you're just running and running and running and running and running. And you're in the same daggone place. You're the same place the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, just send me outside. I don't care how cold it is, you know, because at least when I run, I'm going to see something different. I'm going to be a different place and I can turn around and come back if I need to. So, nope. you know, I'm, I'm, I love, send me outside anytime, but you know, it's just, you got to figure out what works for you and, and then just make it work. That's all I do is I study it and I, and I sit there and I, I, I have sacrificed speed in order to run injury free. Yeah. I am so slow now from what I used to be, but I'm still going. Hell yeah. And I, I'm learning so much and that's, I'm having so much fun just learning. That's what the joy of running to me is, is man, turn me loose. Let's go. Let's <laughs> so, go. Learn to love running, but stop competing with others, man. I'm, I'm competing against me. And that's the best advice I've heard all night. Compete against me. I compete against I want to be the one out there when we're out on, on the trail or the road or, you know, whatever venue we're running, I want to be the one encouraging you to go hard, go fast and get it done. I love that, man. I love that. Cause I'm the same mindset. Like I'm not competing against you. Let's do this together. Let's exactly. help you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We've got to learn to coexist and learn how to love each other all the time. And that's what I'm striving for is to, to make this sport be an example of what sport can really be like. I just want to know one thing. Do you love to run? If that answer is yes, let's go for a run. Yep. You want to go for a run? Let's go for a run. I, oh, you yeah. know, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where I am. Yep. Absolutely. So what else do so you have for me? I've got my niece. She, I don't think has ever ran over three miles in her life, but she reached out the other night. She said, Hey, uncle James, I'm doing this. I want to fucking run it. Awesome. If you were to talk to her, what advice would you have? Yeah. The biggest advice I would have for her is to learn how to embrace suffering. And I know that sounds weird, but you hear it a lot in the ultra running sport, embrace the suck. I love ultra running because it's a microcosm of life. You have some of the highest highs in the world and you have some of the absolute lowest lows and you got everything in between. And so if I had advice for her, it would be embrace the suffering because it's in the suffering that you realize just how fearfully and wonderfully you were designed and created and where you're going to find a level of yourself that you never thought you could go to. I love it. Yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living 
and Ultralife.